Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. Welcome back. Another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out. The website is HSV, stands for Hot Springs Village. Hot Springs Village Inside Out.com is the website. He is the one, the only Dennis R. We did find out, stands for Ray. Dennis Ray Simpson. And we've got special guests. So I'm going to let you make the introductions, Dennis. Well, it's actually Glenn and Steph. No. <laughs> I still love you, Dennis. I, I don't think I can actually recount how many mistakes I've made today, Randy. It's it's okay. we're we're reaching biblical. Yeah, we're well, reaching that's okay. <laughs> I think maybe I mean we're gonna let we're gonna let Feeling Groovy introduce themselves so I don't do it wrong. How about that? Okay. I'm Glenn. I'm Bethany. Bethany. See, there's a business card on my desk, Randy, that says Bethany, but my memory's like this, and it's too many. You know, it's too many places. That's you because you're that's an, because you're an extrovert, and you talk to too many people every day. <laughs> See, that's how you keep it together. You don't talk to that many people. I only talk to a handful of people a day, and then I've hit my limit. So really, then you go yeah. black and white. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm normally black and white. This is exactly what was it? Right. Jeff Foxworthy says that his wife uses like five thousand words a day, and he's got like a thousand. So when she comes home, she says, "How was your day?" And he goes. Uh, uh, yeah, it was good. It was yeah. good. Yeah. Well, well I tell Glenn you and Bethany, Bethany and Glenn. Uh, thank you. I mean, you're welcome. And I haven't met them till today. So it's good to meet you guys. Glad, glad good that to you're on the show. Too, but you've seen them a little bit of everywhere. Randy. Oh, Wouldn't that be I've put? seen them a lot. I've seen them so, a lot I mean, online. And, and this is your <laughs> phrase, Randy, as we hit the record button today, September uh -huh. the 1st, it is September the 1st. It is September the 1st. As we hit the record button today, Bethany and Glenn, here at the Glenn part right this time, are going to be at the Beehive. Beehive. Beehive tonight for open mic night. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Yes. Where you drag innocent extroverts who just happen to be walking by <laughs> on their way to the bathroom and you drag them up on stage and you make them sing with you. And it's it's not fair. It's not fair, I tell you. I know. no i know but she did very well well you're you're very sweet you're very sweet randy kept saying he wanted some and i'm like man if i screw this up and somebody's recording this i will never hear the end well of it this. got recorded and i posted it immediately well not yeah. quite immediately <laughs> i had to think Pretty about soon. it a little bit but and this is an every wednesday is this an every wednesday yeah. night every yeah. wednesday evening yes from seven to nine well, and, and i don't want to get ahead of ourselves too far but i mean like this last friday night you were in hot springs what were you doing there uh, it was right actually Saturday. Saturday. It was Saturday, Saturday night. We were at the uh, first. We were at the Vapors for the uh, Hot Springs Village Voice Readers Choice Awards, which we came in first place for live performance, and uh, that was that was exciting. And then we had to we had to do a costume change because we were, they wanted us in cocktail outfits, so we had to do that. Run into a nearby phone booth, and then go down to the trough and do our second of two Woodstock shows. But some of the people from the vapors came down. So we had a great night. It was like it was an almost like an after party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for all awesome. the winners that showed up. Well, so it's all about feeling groovy. So how yeah, did yeah. we ever begin feeling groovy? Where, how did we make it to the village? That's the question we always ask. Okay. Uh, he got here before I did. He moved here about seven years ago. 
And uh, we met up at uh, Pettigene Mountain uh, after having a few conversations on Facebook. And then we met for a hike and some photographs. And we've been history ever since. And within a year, we were married and I moved down here. So I've been here four years. We started as the Gaberies, which is our last name, but nobody could pronounce it correctly. Uh, so we got all kinds of variations, which is not unlike my first name, as you can tell, Dennis. And uh, I've been answering to all kinds of first names my whole life, so it really doesn't bother me anymore. And uh, so then after we did that first open mic night at the Coronado yeah, Center. Like the one that's coming up in October with Don Valdez. Yeah. Uh, we did a couple of those. And then, um, sorry, I'm stealing your thunder. That's okay. You after that, um, the following year, about February 2019, we decided, you know, we like the 50s, 60s, 70s thing. We like dressing in the tie-dye. That's who we are. So we're, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel song, Feeling Groovy, I decided, why don't we call ourselves that and start, um, you know, making a name for us or trying to get out with that name rather than our own names. And so we did. And uh, it's our theme song. The rest is history. Now that was 2019, you said? Yes. Okay. Not all that long ago. Okay. Now, now, now where's home? I can tell Bethany that you're from like Boston or somewhere, the accent, but (laughs) I love you very much. (laughs) I've been trying to get rid of this accent my whole life, too. But unfortunately, I was born in Fort Smith, Van Buren area, and uh, I've been in Arkansas most of my life. Uh, took a brief hiatus to Texas, but that's another story in a lifetime. Uh, he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, I want oh. those Yankees, y'all, trying to get rid of down here. Yeah, but I taught him to say y'all and sweet tea and all this other stuff. So he, he's Go Red Sox. Yeah, well, you yeah. trained him. You trained, you trained him well. Yeah, well, I didn't. I didn't realize the the Massachusetts connection. I was being snarky. So <laughs> well, yeah, you, see, you, you got it be right. You got it said. right. Yeah, yeah, well. Yeah. But I lived in Memphis 10 years before I came here. Yeah. Okay. Bethany, I think we've had this conversation before, and that is, well, you don't sound like you're from around here, because I get that a lot more than once, too. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, it, I always said that every good businessman in Arkansas has two dialects. Bethany, Jeet, Jungle, get something? Or, yes, we can have that for you on Tuesday, Randy. How would you like that delivered? Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. I have my business mode, and then I have my feel and groovy mode, and Get, don't get me around my kids or my grandkids because the country comes out. So I got to ask, so what did two extroverts, how did you, uh, two extroverts, right? Right? No, we're, we're no. introverted extroverts. <laughs> Randy, these are your people. These are my people. <laughs> exactly. These are exactly, exactly my people. We're introverts that look like extroverts. Exactly. Yeah, the world doesn't get it. They don't understand they don't, it. No, they don't. We can be very quiet most of the time, but when the music starts or we start having impassioned conversations, really, then we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a few well, subjects we've learned to just don't start the conversation <laughs> unless you've got all night to finish it because we're going to keep going for several hours. So let me get this straight. So opinionated introverted extroverts i'm just making <laughs> exactly. sure groovy opinionated very groovy yes. very groovy about it you yes. know Randy, because if you really were groovy we're... that would be you i mean if you groove yeah. you know oh i yeah, am well, groovy we really do try <laughs> to i am groovy i don't always feel groovy but you know that's <laughs> you are groovy 
Yeah, they're always well, feeling great. Okay, tell me about the music background. I want to hear about your musical backgrounds. Okay. You go ahead you to first because yours is more interesting than well, mine. Well, believe it or not, and um, I started accordion lessons when I was about six years old back in Massachusetts. It was a thing in the Northeast. And, Lawrence Welk. Yeah, Think really? Lawrence Welk. Ah, uh, wonderful, wonderful. And now our, but uh, anyway. Um, Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I went through college on accordion, actually. I, ha I have a music degree. And uh, but during that time, when I uh, got older and I started playing in bands and stuff, you know, it wasn't really cool in the 70s to play in uh, an accordion in a band. So my dad got me a keyboard and I eventually got one of those Fender Rhodes and got a, uh, you know, some uh, an organ and other things and played in uh, rock bands. So top 40 bands. Now, all those songs we do as oldies. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. So I did uh, the, the official training in college, but I also played popular music on the side for a while in, in some uh, bands up in Massachusetts and, and later in Memphis too. And then, uh, but I didn't really do the acoustic thing very much. So that's kind of a new thing. Well, man, the accordion, I mean, from, from counting crows to Mumford, I mean, yeah. there, there's some accordion yeah. stuff yeah. in a we lot of songs. We actually played accordion at the Beehive for their Mardi Gras thing. They got desperate. They couldn't get any uh, Cajun, Cajun band. Music so in the area. I said, well, I'll do something. And he said, okay. So there's actually a video on our page that has me playing the accordion and uh, with some uh, Cajun music. So yeah, well, see, I'm, a, I'm an LSU boy. So the, the Zydeco, the Southern Louisiana, yeah, I get there it. There you go. I get yep. it. But, but, so, State University, I understand. So, Glenn, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. You weren't the best accordion player. You were just one they could find. Is that right? Yeah, they couldn't find anything else, and they were doing it. Uh, they were doing uh, beehive, and they were doing it with uh, Krakus at the yeah. time was uh, bringing the food. So it was kind of a joint thing. And they were like, "Well, what are we going to do for entertainment?" And I said, "Well, I don't know anybody, but I'll I'll, I'll help you out." So you know, like the yeah, I was king. So has music oh, cool. been part of your? I mean, I mean, describe music in your life. I mean, was it? What What did you do for a living? What was your career? Well, um, I've had a number of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been. A, I was actually a music teacher for a while, but I got laid off uh, back many years ago, and. Uh, then I uh, started teaching other things, eventually went into ministry for several years. Um, and uh, since coming to the village, I've been doing whatever I can because there's not a lot out there. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but music has been part of my life all the way through. I've either been playing it in church or playing it in a band or playing it in some capacity. So it's it's always were, were your parents. Did you grow up in a, in a music creating household or? Yeah. My mom didn't play. My dad played ukulele. He fooled around with ukulele. And I guess, you know, they encouraged me to, you know, they got they got me into accordion lessons and they, you know, encouraged me to play in bands and stuff. So they're very supportive, but I wouldn't call them musical people by any stretch. See, I'm the I'm the I'm the I'm the wannabe. I'm the wannabe. I've owned guitars. I have within ten feet of me, I've got a, an acoustic guitar in a case. I've had a I've had an acoustic guitar for as long as I can remember. I can't play a single chord. I do not know a single chord, but I've owned guitars. They're just, I know way more about guitars than any non-playing guitarist that I know of. Well, there you go. You know, I, I just, I love them. What I finally realized, I'm more in love with watching people play it and listening to them play it than I am learning how to do it myself. So that's, that's my story. There Bethany, let's hear about yours. 
Oh, goodness. Uh, well, mine started at birth. I came out singing, I heard. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I hit that high C immediately. Uh, no, uh, my parents were very musical. My mother was an organist and a pianist in the church. And so music was always a big part of our life. We had one of those old depression pianos, one of the old uprights in the house. And so she was always playing and getting all the kids to sing with her. And of course, I was the sucker who wasn't old enough to go anywhere. So because uh, everybody's like, you know, 12 and 15 years older than me. So uh, I was the forgotten child at home who learned a lot about singing and harmonizing. And my father was a self-taught musician and he played just about everything from an old pump organ to the banjo, to uh, drums. I even heard him play the drums once or twice. He played bass mostly and rhythm guitar. So I was never hurting for music. Uh, there was always something going on in the house, even when the houses were in different cities, uh, which a lot of people did in the 60s. And, um, but anyway, dad had a band, a uh, little crappy band, uh, just a bunch of old guys picking and grinning. And I was the girl singer. So uh, I got up there and did that, but I continued musical training, true musical voice lessons and training when I got to junior high and high school. And I was entered in a lot of competitions singing classical music and operatic. I was a first uh, operatic soprano back in the day. I'm no longer able to reach those notes. I don't care how big the forklift is to get me up there. It's not happening. Uh, but uh, I didn't lose those qualities of breath control, though I did stop music for over 30 years when my dad died. So... Um, it's kind of odd to not have music in my life for all those years. And yeah, I get a little choked up about it when I think about how many years I went without it because I never want to be without it again. And luckily, you know, the Lord answered a prayer for me and I wrote it down. I wrote everything I wanted in a guy and I wrote a big list and I stuck it in my mother's Bible and I prayed over it and I just put it away for about six months and he showed up. And on our first date, we're driving down the road at Pettigene in the pickup truck. And he says, I like to play music. I said, good. I used to be a girl singer. I started singing. And the next thing you know, we're singing and having a good time. And we even sang at our wedding to each other. That's where we kind of came out of the musical closet. And everybody already knew he played music because he played it at church every Sunday. And I would have been hiding in the back pew and nobody knew I sang yet. So that kind of broke that open. And so we've not really stopped. That's we awesome. sing a lot. We rehearse almost every day. A little bit each day. A yeah. little bit each day when, when COVID hit and the world went on seclusion and kind of hiding from each other. Uh, we didn't. We just pulled out all the oldies we could think of and start making a list of new songs we wanted to add and more shows we wanted to develop. And set list, we've got about 400 on the tablet of songs that we've either done here at the house or we've sang out in public. And we've got over a dozen different types of shows already built so that if anyone wanted a themed party, we've got costuming, we've got the set list all ready to go. 
And so now it's just, you know, keep them rehearsed, keep things flowing mm-hmm. and add new ones when we can. Well, the host at the, uh, the, the, the master of ceremonies at the, uh, 4th of July bash told me that y'all did a fantastic job and that uh, you and and uh, the host and his uh, his wife said y'all had a discussion about where you got your outfits from, which I thought was pretty funny because apparently you and Diane both go to Salvation yes. Army on a regular basis. Who knew, yes. right? Or Restore or Goodwill. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But my sister. His sister made the t-shirts. Made my t-shirts. And Custom I didn't even know I had a sister till two years ago. So Are you serious? Yeah. Okay, well, we yeah, got he found his I blood family. Mm-hmm. And I found out I had a, well, I have more than one sister. But this particular sister I found out and met two years ago. And she decided that she was going to bless us and make us some feeling groovy t-shirts. So there you go. All right. Well, now you got to tell that story. Yeah, I mean, how did this. so how did this discovery happen? She finds well, you, you found her? Uh, kind of mutual. Um, you've heard of Ancestry.com, correct? Yes. Yeah. Well, I was I got on it because they had this discount, you know, and and uh, I actually uh, Bethany's sister-in-law had used it, and she said, "Hey, I found some relatives from that Glen. You might want to check it out when they have a discount." So I said, "Okay, you know, I'll do that." And so I did. And at first, I found what appeared to be a cousin, but he was actually a nephew. And we, we kind of conversed a little bit. And then he was like, well, I don't know how genuine this is, you know. And so he gets his mom, who is actually my sister. And he says, you know, mom, you need to go on there and have it done and see if anything happens. Well, as it turned out, we come up 100% match, which is my, uh, 100% blood sister. And then I have uh, some half sisters too. But a couple of years ago, she and her daughter, which would be my niece, of course, came down. They stayed over at Los Lagos and uh, we had a few days together and that's how it it was wonderful. wonderful. And she's a sister I would have loved to have growing up. Now, where does she she live? Houston uh, Houston area. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't know I had other family members. I knew I was adopted, but I didn't know the details until uh, a couple of years ago. And now some of our friends have done it and they found their birth families as well. Right. So well, it, I, I it said this work. on another show, uh, but yeah. Diane and I did it to prove we weren't related. So I'm oh, just, there you, you know. go. Well, say, you know, <laughs> I, I can understand. Yeah. My sister, one of the things she said was, you know, you know, we grew up fairly close together in the same area, but we didn't know each other. She said, wouldn't it have been weird if we dated or something? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, she's tall and she's thin and she's athletic and she's beautiful. That could have been a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> Just his type. What he's doing with short, little, curly-haired me, I have no idea. <laughs> but we, we love her, and she loves us. Oh, she's a doll. Yeah. I, just, I love all his sisters. They're great. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, uh, what a story. I would have never in a million years. We still haven't heard, Glenn, how you made it to the village. I don't, I don't know this story how at all. How did you well, get actually, it? Well, actually, I actually drove, but... Um, With a U-Haul behind him. Well, um, I was doing ministry in Memphis for about um, 10 years, previous four years, actually in rescue mission ministry, which is working with the homeless and, you know, working with drug and uh, alcohol addicted people and so on and so forth. And finally got kind of burned out living in Memphis and doing that. And I had purchased a, a very inexpensive house here knowing that I didn't want to retire in Memphis. I knew, you know, hey, if I, I finish up there, I'm not going to want to stay there. There's just not that much 
uh, recreational and, and it's getting rough and so on and so forth. So I had, I didn't own a house there. I was living in um, ministry housing. So like a parsonage. And so I decided to come here. And uh, so, well, I bought something here and then I thought I'm just going to rent it out for a while. And when things kind of fell through and I got kind of burned out, things kind of went negative. I said, well, I've got a house here. So where else am I going to go? I'm going to come here. So I moved here and, you know, put a, got a couple of U-Hauls and pulled them here. Got a, a guy from my band who was actually the drummer in the band I was in there offered to help me. And, and we moved my stuff here. And that was seven years ago in July. Now, what prompted you to buy a house in Hot Springs Village? Well, you know, I had visited Hot Springs. When you're in Memphis, you either go three hours to Nashville, three hours to Hot Springs, maybe three hours north, but there's not much around there that's very different. So I had a friend of mine who I had worked with, you know, said, hey, you got to check out Hot Springs sometime. So I started vacationing here. And then I thought the village was some little section of Hot Springs, you know, down off Central <laughs> Avenue, you know, we just had a few stores. Everyone so thinks that. I right? never bothered to find out until I was looking at houses in Hot Spring. And then it's, well, what's this Hot Springs Village thing? So I got online and I checked it out and made an appointment with a real estate person to show me around. Like, I got the grand tour and, you know, it was cool and got to see the restaurants, eating a couple of them and see where the beaches were and all that. And so I decided, you know, this is much safer if I'm going to buy a home and leave it unoccupied or leave it only rented. It's safer in a gated community than outside. And then I can come here and vacation here too until I actually, so that was kind of the motivation. It was a choice of places and it just seemed like the best choice of the available and it was affordable compared to anywhere else. I mean, it wasn't any more. So, and I, I just love the beach. You know, I love the, uh, the trails and the outdoor things to do. Mm -hmm. And so that was kind of like, you know, I don't have to go, you know, 20 swimming. miles. Yeah. Swimming, hiking, um, Recently, know. we took up kayaking during COVID. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. The first year we wore ourselves out, we kayaked every weekend. This summer, not as frequently, but uh, you know, we're hoping to get back to doing it a lot more as things yeah. start to cool off. But anyway, it was the recreation here that kind of motivated me to come here and and just being in a quiet area. And then, of course, you know we got the music started and that's been different. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's been a cool experience and mm -hmm. we're just hoping it gets better and better. Well, Bethany, where were you living when you met him at Petty Jean? And, and, and oh. apparently, apparently Petty Jean was like some kind of neutral location. So. Yeah, it was it's the halfway, halfway point between us. Well, and, and here's, here's where I'm going with that. Because when you're going to meet somebody cold, new for the first time, and yes. you have a you have a little list of God's people that you want in your Bible and you're waiting. And, and when he walks in, there's not always a ray of sunshine that comes from the I heavens. Know, I that understand. Says, yeah, this may be or not, may not be him, right? Right, exactly. Right? Yeah. And and you obviously, when you started singing, you knew this was him. But until yes. then, you were living where? And what did you think when you got to the village? Uh, I was living in Van Buren in what we lovingly call a mansion in the country. It was a double wide. Um, mine was not doing so well. It was uh, in very bad condition. And uh, I had family living around me. So, you know, single lady living there with my grandchildren, by the way, and one of my kids and his wife. 
And uh, so I meet him and then he, you know, invites me down to the village uh, for some dates. And of course, you know, he shows me everything and we had a lot of dates at Waypoint where we, you know, sipped frozen coffee drinks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Watched the boats go by, watched people kayaking and having all kinds of fun. And then we went to Balboa beach several times and it was kind of funny because during one of these dates, we had, we had been talking goofy, you know, for like four, four or five weeks. And he, uh, at this, this couple, after we'd been swimming, she came over and she said, uh, do you live here? And I said, no, I'm just visiting my, my friend here. And uh, she said, so has he sold you on the village yet? <laughs> and I said, well, it's really starting to grow on me. I really think I could hang here. You know, it's a really cool place. And we get in the pickup truck to leave. And he says, why don't we just get married? I'm like, okay. <laughs> Well, I didn't say it quite that. <laughs> no, pretty close. What and a romantic. So, what a romantic. I oh know, my God. Right? I Not know. even, he didn't even get down on his knee. We were both in wet bathing suits. Well, and, yeah. You know, no, no ring, but that's okay. You know, so we, we worked it out and, um, we actually had, we actually got engaged, but it was almost like a pre-engagement because we said, you know, we're going to, we're wait. But between the two of us, we're going to be engaged, but we're not going to announce it until you know we have, made plans. Have, have a little bit more ducks in a row and made some plans so that's how we did it and, it, and that turned out to be a blessing to do it that yes. way yeah, uh, it, rather yeah. than you know putting it out there and then everybody's asking you what's your date we don't have it and all that so and what are you going to do with your house and what are you going to yeah. do with this so we got married at Petagene too and so you know when it came to where are we going to live Van Buren or here you know, for me, it was a no brainer. This house had a roof that wasn't leaking. So it's like, oh yeah, the village, you know, and then it was, oh, we can go swimming anytime we want to. We're a mile from the beach one way. We're eight miles from the other one and we can have fun here all the time. And then I got to thinking, uh oh, I work in Van Buren. I've worked in Van Buren 18 years for the same company. What in the world am I going to do? And uh, with a lot of his support and the realization that there was some technology coming down the pike that could like this. make this, yeah, that could make this a little more user-friendly and possible, I wrote a proposal to my company for me to go remote, to at least give it a whirl. And this and was before the pandemic. This was before, this was before the pandemic, right? Way before the pandemic. And so over the last... Four years since the day we got married, I've worked remotely from home. At first, I was driving to Van Buren two days a week, uh, every week for several months. And then they said, nope, you can go full time from the village. You don't have to drive back and forth anymore unless you need to. And so I pretty much do everything from here. That's excellent. It's been a blessing. And through this experiment, um, I think they were able to put a lot of wonderful things in place that when the pandemic hit, our company was ready to go. I don't think we really missed a beat. That's excellent. Okay. I got to ask, what songs did you sing to each other at your wedding? Ooh, good uh, Does If by Bread. Yep. Yeah. We sang it as a duet. We rewrote oh, there it you as go. a duet. Yeah. We do did that you, all the time. We're always Did you play, Glenn? Did you play? Absolutely. Yeah. I played and we wow. both sang and, and we were in our wedding outfits or whatever you call them. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and we did it as, you know, 
a break in that. That's the only song we did. The rest we had recorded music. But it was kind of cool because uh, some people from the church that we went to decided to do something impromptu near the bathrooms and they wouldn't let us go over there and find out what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. And my, well, my granddaughter wouldn't let him go near it because I was out front getting my picture taken. I mean, it was so everybody was acting like a bunch of nuts. Uh, but they had gathered at the side of the bathrooms and were rehearsing a song they performed for us during our wedding. And you know the song Hallelujah that mm -hmm. everybody, you know, sings these days. They rewrote the words about us. And uh, talking about how he finally found the one and he finally got married and, you know, and that I was this gorgeous bride and blah, blah, blah. I love him to death. Uh, but we couldn't have gone wrong. There were nine pastors at that wedding and three other people who attended have become pastors since then. So there was no way we were getting out of this. No, mine was from <laughs> Jamaica, so hey. Yes, we, we were very international. We had a Hispanic Baptist pastor who did the opening prayers and a Jamaican pastor who did the homily. He came all the way from Jamaica. To yeah, he did. Man, look at you guys. <laughs> yeah, so. Who'd have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? We're, yeah. see, we're, we're, we're more than groovy. We're something. We're internationally groovy. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it looks like to me, I'm just a casual observer, and I, I love catching up with you, but yeah, it looks like to me, you guys are singing most every weekend somewhere or every week. Uh, or, actually, I mean, that's a, probably a, that's a dirty myth. No, um, and, <laughs> it's not accurate. It's not 100% accurate. We do, but we would love it to be that way. Yeah, or at least most. What we generally do, this is this is probably more accurate. We do every Wednesday at the Beehive for the open mic night. They requested that, so that's what we do. Um, we do about once a month at the Beehive for a two-hour show, which can vary from the Woodstock show. We're doing a 50-60 uh, sock hop in September. September 10th. September Friday 10th. night, September 10th. Bring you Bobby Socks, man. Yeah, and then we do other shows as they become available, like we did the trough and uh, others, but we're really only doing once or twice a month for a show. And then uh, the but rest we is... are for hire. Yes, we're for hire. We are for hire for private parties. And... Yeah, we do have one of those next month, don't we? Yeah, we do. Yeah. And it's a wedding anniversary slash wedding. And we've done a couple um, uh, employee uh, appreciation parties. Yeah. For, for mm -hmm. some of the winners, actually, of the uh, other winners in the. Um, yeah, we did thing. Melinda's employee appreciation party and we did Clampett's Christmas party last year. Yeah. So we always get good food. Too. So yeah. I guess I guess if I called if I guess if I called 501-408-9466, mm -hmm. I could learn more booking information. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or feeling groovy. Or come see us at the Beehive. I was going to say or. Yeah, and I was going to say, or feeling groovy, hsv at gmail.com. Now, the website, does the website have two Gs or one G? Just one Just G. Just one, in the like the song. Yeah. And then and we're at the, Facebook at feeling groovy, too. Yeah, there you go. All right, before we get to the lightning round, I got to yeah. ask, go say, so, so give those of us that have never experienced the open mic, how does this work? <laughs> Okay, open mic. Uh, we are just the MCs. Okay. He brings his guitar. I bring a few things to bang on and try to make a little noise. Um, hopefully, it sounds like light percussion, but it's iffy. Um, 
people bring their instruments or they tell us they want to sing. Some of them bring accompaniment tracks on their phones and they book up and they get up there and they become the star. And some people take over and we let them, you know, hey, yeah. you want to do five, six songs? Ah, fine. We we're we're going to order people. something. You yeah. know, we're going to order a Diet Coke and have a sit down and take your picture. Uh, but really, it, it's even our shows are not about us. It's about the music. That's what open mm -hmm. mic night is. It's not about us. It's about the other people and what music is in them that they want to share. Sure. And we work with them if they need accompaniment. I mean, if I don't know the song, I don't know the song. I mean, um, we don't really have signups. We tried that and we weren't getting people to really do that. And so, um, you know, they weren't contacting Greg over at the Beehive. They weren't contacting me. So we were both like, we don't know. So we just kind of opened it up and said, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes. Each and as week. Dennis says, I drag people out of the bathroom. So, you know, innocent, innocent, just walking by. People. Not even innocent, man. You just okay. started singing as you come out of the bathroom and you better not let me hear you because I'll drag you up there. I was innocent at the moment you grabbed me okay, okay. for okay. that couple not of seconds. That. Yeah. But right. uh, Randy, to, to fill you in on more of the pieces, there's a there's a guy with a saxophone. There's a guy who does a, who ha, is fantastic on harmonica. Oh my god, oh, I could listen man, to him. He's been oh, fabulous. I mean, yeah, he is literally world class. But yeah. and, and to to fill in the blank, Randy, when during the slow periods or when they're waiting somebody to stand up or whatever, feeling groovy does the job and it's fantastic. So it's I, I mean, you guys get to sing 10, 15, 20 songs a night. Mm -hmm. And then right. that basically fills in between anybody who comes exactly. up be exactly. between right. we use it to try out new material. It's an extra rehearsal for us. One less from the living room. You or know. sometimes we'll take a favorite or something. Or somebody will yell out a request. Or we'll preempt the show. We'll say, this is what's coming up next month. And we'll do a couple from it. Yeah. You know, right. kinda, well, uh, with 400 and of songs, course, if there's a birthday or an anniversary in the house. We try to go crazy with 400 songs and, and a dozen or more different kinds of, of shows. Yeah. I mean, you're pretty prepared for any occasion that anybody would want to call you and book you for. Exactly. We even we even fill in in case of an emergency if somebody can't make it that's already booked. We're as long available. as we're not, you know, as long as we're not, we can be available. Just All right. What didn't we ask? Den what didn't we ask Dennis that we want to before we get to our lightning round? <laughs> uh, where are you going to be next? You're going to be at the Beehive later this month, and then where uh, else? We're going to be at the Beehive on September 10th from 7 to 9. It's a 50s, 60s sock hop. So we're going to do it just like an old sock hop. It'll be acoustic sock hop, but, yeah. it'll, but it'll be a sock hop nonetheless. And we'll do the songs that are typically older than the ones we usually do. We're usually like mid-60s to mid-70s. This will be more like mid-50s to mid-60s. So it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. And then, of course, every Wednesday night at the Beehive. From and seven to nine. Beyond that, um, we don't have anything else scheduled except the private party in September, but um we do have once a month booking at the Beehive, October the twenty second, November. Can't remember. And then well, December. Well, yeah, so, hopefully so, after this airs, you'll be you'll be booked solid. Oh, we well, hope, we hope so. so. We hope so. We hope because that was, we really it's something we love to do and and right now we need the work. Yeah. yeah, and that, that was my point. I was going to say there are availabilities and they're great. They really, the wonderful sets, it, truly entertaining, truly entertaining. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much. Hey, costuming is provided and you can tell us if you want an elegant show or you want something crazy. We can That's do that. That's awesome. All right. We've got a lightning round and you both have to answer. You okay. don't have to answer at the same time. 
Well, this is going to be really, really easy and fun. Hiking, boating, golf, or tennis? Hiking. Hiking. Hamburger or taco? Hamburger. Mm, either. Do I have to say one? Hamburger, then. Beaches or woods? Beaches. Comedy or mystery? Probably comedy. Comedy. <laughs> appetizer or dessert? Mm, I'm going to go with the appetizer. Oh, I'm all about dessert. <laughs> all right. We got to ask, what's the appetizer? Well, I don't know. Whatever you have. They had some <laughs> great... Stuffed mushrooms, not, fried pickles, fried cheese. Yeah. Okay, we what's, like the, it all. what's the dessert? Anything keto that we can have. <laughs> Cookies, cupcakes uh, oh. that I make out of keto stuff. Really? There you go. I made, that, I made a the, peach cobbler last night. Oh, shut up. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> Yeah. I do. I live close by. Yeah, I want, I want to lives, hear all about he, he's, this, Randy. He's too I'm close. close. I, okay, this is a stupid one, but I'm going to ask anyway. Dress or casual? What? Dress or casual? We're usually casual. We're always casual, yeah, but of we course. can get dressy. Yeah, look at our yeah. picture in the Village Voice. So yep. We are. He, he spiffs up in a suit real good. We clean up good. Yeah, well, good. Okay, reading, watching, or listening? A little of everything. A little of everything. Stripes or plaids? Mm, probably stripes. Yeah, as long as they're going vertical. <laughs> Favorite movie? Oh man, there's too many. I can only imagine. Yeah, that's one yeah. of them. Or Gone with the Wind. Yeah, I can only imagine was a fantastic movie. I remember that. That was fantastic. Yeah, we we own it. We watch it a lot. And of course, right now we watch The Chosen a lot from the app. But that's not a movie. It's a it's an ongoing yeah, series yeah. about the the ministry of Christ. And yeah, we've been that's all right. Every time all right. it counts. Out. Hey, yep. come and see and get used to different. Absolutely. Okay, these last two are right in your wheelhouse. Favorite musician or band? Ooh, there's Ooh. too many. Maybe Beatles. The Beatles is certainly one of them. Yes, and we Beatles. love the Beach Boys too. Yeah, Beatles, Beach Boys. Okay, I'm gonna Here's add one. I'm, gonna, I'm I'm adding this last one to the mix. The okay. very first concert you went to. For me, yep. we'll have to do these separate. For me, um, as far as I know, it was the, either the Irish Rovers back in 1967 or the Buckinghams. If you remember them, kind yeah. of the drag. Yeah. I saw them with my dad. Okay, my very first concert was in 2010. I went to see Cher in concert in Tulsa, and it was uh, Pat Benatar opened for her, doing an acoustic set with her husband, which was cool. And then our first concert together, we went to Amplify Fest, and we saw Matthew West, Jose, uh, I mean, uh, Jordan Felice and the Newsboys. God's yeah, not dead. Boys, yeah. yeah, look at you. We, we, we just we just went to Amplify Fest again just a few weeks ago. We love that. Thing. And we're going to Skillet on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to go see Skillet at Magic out. Springs on Saturday. We are panheads. <laughs> yeah. Look at y'all. Look at y'all. Okay, Dennis, I haven't asked you that. What was the first concert you ever went to? I actually, the first real concert was Billy Joel in 1976, The Piano Man. Ooh. Oh, and I would have loved it. I remember, that. yeah, I remember, and I, I want to bring back the sail on the Beach Boys y'all were with the other oh, night. Yeah, wanna, that was, yeah, yeah, I want to yeah, bring cool. that up. But uh, no, that was, uh, I remember because uh, I thought it was unique 
because it may have been 77, but they were talking about it wasn't that loud of a concert because mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's piano, right. Billy Joel, that kind of thing. But it was studio quality. And I remembered at that point in time, Randy, as an audiophile wannabe, I remembered thinking, man, it can be like this. It doesn't have to be blaringly loud. It can be a little exactly. quieter and be extremely high quality. It was a great concert. But I, I want to go back to them real quick. And I want to hear your, yours also, Randy. But you guys were were hanging out with Sail On, the Beach Boys knockoff band this last week. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Wow. We, we attended the show. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And they were great from what I hear. Tell I wasn't able oh, to. Oh, it right. was fabulous. Uh, there was one whole row going nuts right in front of us. And I was like, man, I love their spirit. I needed to have been in that row. I got to see the Beach Boys back in the 70s, the, the Beach Boys. So yeah. uh, it was kind of, it was a good memory. Of He's that. had all the fun. <laughs> he's older. That's why he gets to do that. Yeah, and Randy's no, older. So Randy has... older. He's only five years. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, where was your first concert, buddy? Three Dog Night. Oh, we, we saw, saw him. <laughs> I've seen him three times. Three Dog Night. Three Dog Night. English Dan and John Ford Coley were the opening act. And then I like the next Great. week I saw Bread. Oh, I'm 64. It was 50. It was over 50 years ago. I was 13. So it was a good year. Did they play guitar? (laughs) It was a pretty good year. They played guitar man at the concert. Yeah, they played everything. Well, they played, they played, they played the song that they played. If yeah, these guys sang. Oh, Oh, yeah. I would have loved to have heard that. Yeah, it was, it was terrific. And I saw three dog night when all three were still alive and doing well. And <laughs> there were three yeah, dogs. Now there's the- only one dog in the pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that dog's on oxygen, by the way, just in case you're curious. He, he sings oh, and then whoa. goes, Yeah. Oh, yeah. whoa. Yeah. It, it, That's yeah. sad. All right. Well, take us home, Dennis. Well, but wonderful to have Bethany and Glenn. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Our feeling groovy friends. If you want to book them, I highly recommend it. Great, great show. Wonderful and, and flexible you, like you cannot fathom. But if you want to check us out, we're at Hot Springs Village Inside Out, HSV Inside Out, the short version, with over 100 YouTube followers, with over 1,000. I just pulled that out of my ear, and that hurt right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah we've did. actually got, as we, as we hit Man, record. I can't hear you until I get back in here. Hang on. So, yeah, as we over, hit record, we have 1,040 people in our Facebook group, so I'll hawk that. Facebook icon at our website, hsvinsideout.com. Go ahead. And for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. I'm Randy Cantrell. And you have a great evening. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas, is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend. 